OTB GAA. And he threw his famous patented dummy hand pass because he was a big handballer with his right hand and I literally moved into another parish. Subscribe to the OTB GAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. OTB AM with Gillette in association with Movember. Effortless shave, magnificent mo. 7.30, OTB AM, you are uh, joining us live, live, live from uh, our brand new studio and I hope you're hearing me all right there. You're uh, looking well, lads. How are you keeping? Not too bad yourself, Keeping well, Adrian. I'm, uh, I'm offended on so many levels this morning and um, that's one of them. I decided to... Yeah, it is chronic shame. Jeez, that looks great! That, uh, wow, brutal. What our audience be for, haven't for, for yet seen is that. Wow. So, for for context for people at home wondering why we um, look like this, I guess Colm, it's I had a conversation with Adrian the other day at uh, we had a work event, and yeah, I was wearing a colourful colourful shirt. People have seen it on air the other day, but um, yeah, Adrian didn't like it. He's not a man for a, well. It was chronic. Not a man for let's flamboyance. Face it, let's yeah. face it; it was absolutely chronic. So we figured, listeners and viewers, we would offend Adrian in the highest possible way this morning by by wearing um, two of our uh, fancier shirts. I guess, Colm, you could say. Yeah, I, I will say, Colm has definitely won that uh, battle of. I think so. Uh, you know what? Yours is a bit. Your, your shirt. Are we, were you putting this on? On the basis that it was like more outrageous than the shirt you were wearing. The See, other this day. is the thing. I do it quite commonly. I wear a bad shirt. Often enough. Now, I've got little roses in front of a, a kind that of... That shirt is zebra. way better than the one you were wearing the other day. Okay, right. I, I, have, I have others, Adrian. Don't right. worry. We have plenty of Fridays to work together. That on the other hand. That is really... That's actually lovely. And it suits your personality, yeah. suits your presenting style, suits the show. This isn't I, I think was going for. I was going to, to offend Adrian, but he's after telling me it was better than... I know, it does no, offend Adrian. It does offend Adrian. It's 100% offend Adrian. I love columns, but... Thanks very much, yeah. yeah. I got it there on a stag, you know, and uh, it was kind of a tropical theme. Mm. And then I, I wore it, and then people were like, oh, you, you could just wear that. Mm. And I love an orange, you know, and I was rushing into the studio this morning, and I didn't have time to eat my orange, because Jojo was like, you have 40 seconds. Right. And I had a decision to make. Do I want the orange, or do I want to go live on OTB AM? Yeah. Are you just happy with the decision I made? Who said to you that you could just wear that because whoever that is <laughs> well I'm 33 like, but you know, that, that first of all that helps so I could wear it myself because he's an adult and then I was talking to uh, Shane there yesterday and usually we would say like what are you going to wear tomorrow mm. what are you going to wear on the show tomorrow fashion yeah yeah we have about a five really? we, have, we have five minute powwow um, yeah, right. yeah. what do you want to wear tomorrow what colour do you want to go for okay. and then we were like oh Adrian's going to be in town and so we thought you were going to wear your white shirt powerpoint presentation okay. for today the white shirt only comes out for Damien Brown it appears yes exactly yeah. Yeah. correct yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but you went for the kind of Connemara look and uh, it's quite nice it's quite nice you're very much like the, the straight man mm. and uh, I think you play quite well and as I said to you last Friday it's all up to you to entertain the masses you have the Friday feeling we're in a new studio temporary studio just for today's the last day and Adrian, take it away. Entertain. Now, I mean, I, I, uh, I look forward to 25 minutes time or 20 minutes time when uh, we, I, I can sort of, I feel as if I need to wear sunglasses. And uh, the fact that Shane's shirt is not even the most offensive thing in the studio this morning is I mean, quite an achievement. Now, <laughs> Stephen Gerrard has been, for the people who are waking up this morning, good morning to you. And uh, delighted you could, you could join us this morning. Stephen Gerrard's been sacked. He was fired last night um, after uh, Villa went down to Fulham and uh, he finds himself uh, without a job this morning. And um, I mean, it's no great surprise. People have been talking about it for a while now that things just weren't working out for him. Obviously, within a a whisker of the bottom three, or as Dean Saunders put it this morning, that uh, Villa fans won't accept uh, Villa being 19th in the Premier League. Uh, they're 17th, but regardless, um, I think his point still holds that, you know, they, they, uh, they see themselves as a 7th, 8th, ninth position club 
and it clearly like there was some chat that maybe he would hang on until Brentford at the weekend and mm. um, we'll, you know we would see what happened at that point but it became pretty obvious last night that that just wasn't <laughs> going to happen and the, it was the brevity of the statement that came out last night yeah. Aston Villa thanking Stephen for his hard work and his time at the club and pretty much not much else and also how quick it was after the football yeah. whistle I really thought they'd wait till this morning that's what I expected this is very much kind of pang of um, the first time Jose Mourinho left Chelsea yeah. was I think it was close to midnight they had drawn with uh, Rosenberg the night before yeah. and it was a bizarre time to depart and that was so seismic when Mourinho left for the first time less so this time with Steven Gerrard and Aston Villa it's been coming a long time and we were talking yesterday Shane about like oh will we do the Villa piece this morning like should we mm. concentrate it and we thought I know a way to Fulham like there's a good chance to get a point there or something but happens. I mean just to be so comprehensively beaten by Fulham it's Fulham's biggest Premier League win in almost exactly nine years it's the first clean sheet they've kept all season and it, you know 3 nil was the very least that they deserved. They absolutely dominated the game. And for, like Gerrard, it's two wins in 12 games this season. And I was trying to think back to myself without looking it up first. When was Gerrard appointed? I thought it was so much longer ago than it actually was. only last November. He didn't see the full 12 months. Look, I thought they were promising starts for him like Philip Coutinho signing got the best out of Coutinho initially do you remember when they played Manchester United at Villa Park mm. and Coutinho was brilliant that game like yeah. fabulous performance I thought oh Gerrard's going to get the best out of Coutinho and I really wanted to see what he could do as a manager but I, genuinely I thought going back a year when he was performing well at Rangers and won the league and you know stopped Celtic doing the 10 in a row I was thinking to myself Aston Villa, I understand the temptation, but what's he realistically going to achieve at Villa? Like, what's the best case scenario at Villa? Yeah. And so I kind of thought to myself, maybe stay at Rangers for a couple of more years, rack up a few more titles and your CVs getting better and better on paper. And then another possibly higher job will come along. I thought he jumped quite soon. Maybe it was a fear that I'm not going to get this opportunity again. Yeah. And I genuinely did think that at the time. Thought he started well but faded so badly, didn't he? It was also that Celtic were on that trajectory. So with Ange that you're kind of thinking he and Gerard probably realised maybe Celtic are going to win the next couple of titles here. They're, they're probably a better team and, and clearly are a better team than mm. Rangers at the minute. Yeah, like listen to Mick McCarthy our own Mick McCarthy last night in the show. He was having a bit of a an existential crisis like when that Ming's own goal went in for the third you're just like this is well, it's, it obviously has to happen tonight um, yeah the brevity of the statement was was it was almost like a comedy bit it was funny to read the statement mm. that short because it was like if they could have got less words in they would have they would have done so um, <laughs> like it was like a tweet it, it, it was <laughs> character tweet, limit like character yeah. but then you, you kind of think apparently he got a he got his own car home from the match last night or a, or a, um, a limousine kind of paid for by the club so we didn't have to sit in the coach and uh, tell the players and I'm sure he has spoken to the players since but you'd wonder like like where does Gerard go from from here where, like what what's his level now is he a cha- he's probably a championship manager <laughs> at best it's a good it's a good actually very good question I can see him back in Scottish football I think it really well, yeah. suited him I think it suits his managerial style which is very much like um, accountability on the players part and I think one of his last musings to the media was that all oh, his attacking players need to do more in a very kind of uh, I suppose style from 10 or 20 years ago where like I can only do so much as the manager yeah. and it's kind of up to the players to do it like you'd hear a lot of pundits of his era say that in TV now where it's like we're in a totally different era of football where players tr- thrive on deep Detail. They love detail. Like you hear, the reason that Jaden Sancho struggled at United is because of the lack of detail given to him. Mm. Whereas traditionally, you would think of forward flair players like, "Oh, just go out and play." And I do feel Gerard's that style of manager where, if the results aren't coming, you have nothing really to fall back on because there's no overriding philosophy of football. But it's, when you look at the squad on paper, like when when John McGinn got the captaincy, it was a bit of controversy over it and the way it was handled with Tyrone Mings. But I mean, McGinn's been absolutely brutal. 
Tyrone Mings has had a shocking season. Coutinho is not the Coutinho of old. Um, and, but and the, the thing is, he's, he's lowered the bar so much. Yeah, right? that, how much and there's a lot of chat about who's going to come in. Like some of the names that have been linked, I'm like, oh, really? Yeah. But who are you thinking there? The name, like, 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 like Splashino, yeah, Tuchel, crazy. If you look at the if you look at the um, the betting, like Tuchel is on. The, there's there's a long list of names there. And look, at, I don't know. It could even end up Thomas Frank is obviously one of the names been. It'll uh, be Sean Dyche. It'll have to be Sean. Sean Dyche, obviously another one. Um, but he's lowered the bar so much that for the new person coming in, it's like great, like. Tyro Mings, Matty Cash, John McGinn. Yeah. Like that, what, the job that's required there is they, we know they're good footballers. Yeah. They have so a good, good squad. They to come in. They have a good team. Boost, yeah. Give them a bit of a boost of confidence. And like the one thing that you would have hoped, and like it, you, the point that you make about Gerard's comments about the players is kind of interesting in the sense that you all, you've kind of feel that mo- most managers have that thought anyway. Mm. Like they're like, oh, Gigi let me down today, or, you know, you could have done a bit better and like you're making me look bad or whatever, yeah. right? You would think most football managers are sort of of that. That um, mold, particularly the, from the from the era maybe that he came through, but you can't be on the TV every week saying you know calling players out. Yeah. The whole public nature of the Tyrone Mings thing, like he never really considered the impact that that was going to have the on him. PR battle. So I do think that somebody, whoever it is that comes in, will really like you're going to get you will get the initial uh, bounce. But I do think that like you know, that's you, what he gave them. We're asking like what could he possibly achieve at Aston Villa? I think. You could totally understand why he went to Aston Villa. And, you know, on their best season, they're going to make it into the Europa League. You know, particularly- yeah, but there's a ceiling with that success because, for me, he, it wasn't so much Aston Villa themselves, it was what he was already doing. So at Rangers, you basically 50-50 chance of winning the league every year. You know? I know, but like... And so you can rack up, you so, can rack up so, the titles so, and it looks so great in the CV. for a who spent his entire career, you know, hooked around, you know, he's this winner. Yeah. That's never going to be enough. Like, but you're, you're talking about the squad and the players. Like, if you're a manager that comes in, the back four of Young, Mings, mm. Kansa, Bednarek, that's a relegate. That's a relegation back four. Do you think so? Yeah, that, that that's not that's not good enough. To, Mings, like, 2022, fair enough. Well, yeah, this on form. Um, and and actually, Young, look, he's probably been one of the better players, ironically enough. But yeah. he's not. He's not good enough to push team on to Europe anymore. He's not the Ashley Young we used to see. I'd be seriously concerned. But that's my okay. So that would be my argument about Jared's management style. I would say he would agree with you privately. Oh, yeah. My back four is not good enough. But I think the point of modern management is that it's it's kind of irrelevant about the individual players. Mm. They all have a certain level that they can get to, yeah. and then it's about the management getting more out of them. So, for example, Graham Potter at Brighton. His back four probably wasn't much better than Villa's, really, on paper. And the thing is that Potter got more out of them. Mm. And he's actually probably the argument against what I was saying about going to Villa is that, oh, sure, what can he achieve at Villa realistically? <laughs> and Potter just hit such a sweet spot for the first six weeks of this season that got on that Chelsea gig. Because it was only a year ago where Brighton's fans were booing Potter at the end of the game. Do you remember he was shaking his head to the camera? Yeah. Like, what are you booing for? Because they couldn't score a goal. And Potter had this amazing start to the season this year. And it coincided with Tuchel being shafted from Chelsea. So it's all about timing. It's like, it's like Wall Street. Like Football is like supply and demand. And at that moment in time, Potter was perfect for Chelsea and Jared went the other way. I almost think there's an argument as well. Like When you talk about managers making a connection with, with fans, like we, we were talking on the show yesterday about uh, Thomas Frank and Graham Potter speaking uh, you know, pre-match the other night together and asking each other questions, which was unheard of mm. and unseen in the Premier League. They're creating a connection. They both have connections with their fans. Gerard never had a connection with the Villa supporters. Yeah. Like he never, he never even seemed like he was trying to. He almost had a barrier up, and you could tell it was the the polished PR Stephen Gerrard. 
that's a problem. Like there are, bit, I, you're absolutely spot on. I think that there um, are big comparisons with Roy Keane in this whole thing as well. In that, like you know, you look at that first couple of years as the manager, albeit at Rangers, where like they go on that unbelievable run, yeah. beating for the season. They're like top in their Europa League group, bridge like uh, bridge the ten year gap since the last one. They're like this big level of success, and then suddenly, quickly. The wheels come off, yeah. and he's scrambling. And like, I don't know where Stephen Gerrard goes from here. I do think that like there is that there is a lot of comparisons with the Keane stuff. Um, you know, maybe your initial reaction for somebody like Stevie G because he's been like the main man at those clubs. I know he did some Liverpool academy stuff. Mm. But, like, wouldn't it be a recommendation for him to go off and be an assistant somewhere? Yeah, I or think so. Try and play his trade, or like yeah. be a League One manager for a while, or be a Championship manager for a while, which never seemed to bother Roy Keane. And he obviously went about that with Ireland and with Villa. Yeah, it killed him though. Killed his managerial career. It killed him. Like it didn't help. It didn't help get managed. Didn't help get managerial career. I don't think that killed it. It sorry, yeah, that didn't singularly do it. But I don't think it helped. Yeah, but there's ego there. You can, how can you go from being a Premier League manager exactly. at Stephen Gerrard's level to then being a, a, a either a Championship manager or an assistant in the Premier League? Well, if you're a prospective employer and you see that okay, he was previously manager of a Premier League side and now he's an assistant or first team coach at another club, it's like that doesn't fill me with confidence yeah. and that he's going to inspire a group again as a manager because players like will read into that and think, well, you know, you well, became an assistant. So I'm not saying that's stunk, right. Stunk to join that's realistic. Now. Who's going to be queuing up to give Stevie G a job anyway? I think I wouldn't be surprised if maybe not by the end of the season, but maybe this time next year if Jurgen Klopp gives him a job at Liverpool if he allows him back in and just part of the coaching staff not the assistant Jurgen Klopp you're like not the first team coach no he might there might be a certain if Phil Egan's listening to this downstairs he's going mental it's like keep Stevie G out of the club I know he thinks that way and maybe others do I'm sure sure all the Liverpool fans who you know when when Gerard got the Villa job and they were like okay this is great this is you know remember when he got the job what was the conversation it's a stepping stone to Liverpool he he couldn't be further from Liverpool that's why he took that must have been a huge reason why he took the Aston Villa job if I do well here, yeah. Klopp's going to leave. Because at the time, a year ago, there was a different conversation around Klopp mm. that he might leave sooner than we think. Well, he was out of contract you know? and stuff like that. So it, like, you've got to bring it back to November last year about the thought process then. It's not, it's not surprising for me how it's worked out because I do think his managerial style is so limited yeah. and it's based on like... But he, he kind of reflected like, who he was as a player. It's kind of an all-or-nothing approach mm. and there's very little subtlety to it. So like, okay, who's got better under Gerrard? I'm not sure. McGinn's become more central, but as you say, he's been very poor this season. Coutinho started off flying out of the traps, which yeah. kind of goes to your point about, was it Roy Keane you mentioned, Sunderland like, flew out of the traps as well. There's kind of a, they kind of sprint a marathon. That's, that's kind of Gerrard as a, mm. as a manager. He sprints when he should be thinking of a longer-term approach. Mm. And I think there was a bit of maybe insecurity too that he comes out and he's very critical of the players and media, not afraid to say what he thinks. And maybe that's, you know, to cover up for a lack of sophistication in his own coaching maybe it's that's re- the theory maybe that's in him anyway but yeah. that's what it feels like to me I thought it was almost a redeeming feature for him in some ways the fact that even last night the fact that he, he came out and uh, I guess he has to he spoke quite openly and was asked about the, the fans booing you tonight he said obviously on a personal level it's really disappointing and hard to hear Um uh, you got the you got the sense from the post match interview that he knew he was going. Ah, it, it was almost. There's that photograph as well that's on the back of some of the papers. It's absolutely brutal. <laughs> Just year. writing it was, was on the wall. Gerard on the brink, but uh, it is uh, that photograph is going to dog him for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, like it's it's what two it, two wins in seven months against current Premier League teams. Um, and and they're like when you look at players like Ollie Watkins and Danny Ings, we haven't even mentioned like Ings went from scoring 22 goals the season before last, 12 goals last season. To this season, I mean, 
can't he, can't, he can't just can't hit the target even if a mind score a goal. Um, Remy Gard was arguably a better Villa manager than Steve. Oh, Carroll. that's a big call. I mean, no. Do you remember Dwight? Do you remember Dwight York went on TV and was like, "I used to be manager, not Remy Gard." Remy Gard. <laughs> yes, yeah. you know you're bad. You know you're bad. Uh, the comments are coming in. Like a, a few Villa fans are t- are commenting, lads, and they're happy. absolutely delighted this morning. Yeah. Well, I mean, the the thing I, I also noticed about the statement, lads, was was the fact that it was a club spokesman says, and like you know, the Christian Perslow sitting in the background, Johan Lange, the sporting director as well, and you're like. Rarely you see a sporting director or a, or a CEO lose their job at the same time as a manager, but in in Villa's instance, there's a, there's a solid 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 argument for that because we've spoken to Villa journalists on the show before, and there is a lot of um, antipathy, I guess, towards Perslow and mm. his role in the mm. whole uh, down, downward slide of the club. Because if if Villa do get relegated, I'm not going to say say they will because they'll get the new manager bounce now. You'd imagine before the World Cup, depending on who comes in. But if they if they were to go down, they're the type of club who would struggle in the championship it would be ridiculous if they went down that, that squad's akin to West Ham's in 2003 when they had Joe Cole yeah. and Michael Carrick like that squad's too good to go down <laughs> if, like, if I'm starting a game of football manager in the morning and I have my choice of 20 Premier League clubs like they'd be in my top 10 to take over yeah, based on fair. the talents they have like I think the one a real positive thing he did and maybe he wasn't directly responsible for this Gerard but I'm sure he at least rubber stamped every decision was he signed quite well I think they actually brought in some really yeah. interesting attacking players like Leon Bailey last night was really ineffective on the right hand side but you get the right manager in there for him suddenly you have a seriously good player because again with Bailey he started well and that's what Gerard was able to bring there was kind of a sprint out the door <laughs> like give him hell like Straight away, which is Gerard as a player. Like, Gerard as a player, I'll take him by the scruff of the neck, but there was no kind of long term plan. Gerard was a living in the moment player. Yeah. And there were some amazing yeah. moments. Mark Hogan says, as a Villa fan, thank God he's gone. The worst tactical manager I've ever seen. I think that there's an overstatedness about all this stuff as well. Like, let's not get too carried away. Recency bias against yeah. him. And, like, look, uh, I was also interested, like your comments earlier on, come, like, it is possible for him to go off and figure stuff out and come back a better manager like it's not this doesn't need to be the end of it but he does need to be careful about take time off as well um, about how he gets around it I'll say a few, a couple more comments here as well uh, safe to assume that uh, Gerard will never manage Liverpool says Fergus Kyo. Mm. Uh, Yeah. four wins of 22 games shocking stats is Peter Lennon who also uh, says that Gerard was arrogant tactically incompetent and out of his depth the Roddy Collins of the Premier League which I know um, Roddy did it. Roddy didn't. Fair and Roddy, isn't it? Fair and Roddy. The arrogance is the thing that, that's made people like you, you look yesterday and you see Liz Truss and, and Stevie G both losing a job, and you're like, all right. People are rubbing their hands. They're like, you know, taking a bit of, uh, I, I guess, joy. Ah, there in is it. a total glee about it. Total, like, um, because of Jared's attitude. Griff says, geez, was there a fire that you had to borrow clothes for this morning's show? Um, Paul. I'll read out the positive comments. The, the flamboyant yeah. shirts. Mixed with Adrian's Clancy Brothers special is quite the combo. Thank you. Yeah, Adrian, you look like you, you like a pint of stout in front of the fire kind of job. I'm, I'm up for that. The yeah. fashion guard here on the way says Jim Sullivan. And also, by the way, uh, Latte Larry wondering if we're going to keep him updated on the cricket this morning. Ireland going well and on target. Yeah. They are uh, uh, going well and on target. Uh, West Indies 146 for five earlier. And in response now, Ireland 107 for one, 108 for one. Uh, and uh, Balburnie bowled a bit earlier on but starting mm. and Tucker at the crease so we will Lad Larry keep you updated on that over the course of the morning Kirby Enthusiasm fan great to see yeah great to see. Americano uh, Adrian the Ronaldo stuff is also across the back yeah. pages this yeah. morning um, Ronaldo refused to play the headline says here United striker to fight Ten Hag Spurs game um, this is uh, mounting up as a like I mean the the uh, latest scenario is he refused to come on as I saw we were all wondering what happened why did he leave a little bit earlier sent out a bad message but actually now it's just turned out that he refused to come on as a sub the other night he's facing a £1 million fine he's been banished from training with the senior squad he's not going to be in the squad for the Chelsea game and um, you know, it just 
the whole point about hanging around at United or the links that of him to possibly leave United um, in the close season was that he was like waiting for this Champions League club to come in. Yeah. I mean, the longer it goes on, I'm just... Why was he waiting around for a Champions League com- club to come in? He was never going to get Champions League football at United anyway. So why would he need to hang around to stink the joint out when... I mean, I don't know what Ten Hag saying to him, listen, you're not really going to be fully part of my plans if he knew fully the picture. But why not... Why is he hanging around to not play at a club that are not playing but in the Champions League it, when he could have gone to a club to play some football? If it was up to him, he wouldn't be hanging around. He'd be gone. It, he was 100% out the door himself. He just, mm. they just can't, like he, they couldn't find a club for him yeah. and then United wouldn't release him because it cost him too much money. If it was up to Ronaldo's the only party here who was like, I definitely want to go. I know, I mean, week. I'm thinking, to my, see, if they can let him go now because his contract expires next summer, so they can, if they let him go now, they can pay half his salary, so it's about £8 million, which is absolutely nothing yeah. for United. Like, they should do that. I suppose, look, they're, they're thinking for their own sake as well, as troublesome as he is, and he, there probably is no turning back now. This is like Carlos Tevez on the bench for Manchester City away to Bayern Munich. Okay. Do you know, Tevez did come back. He went golfing for a few months and came back. Can't see, I don't know if Ronaldo's a golfer, like, I don't know what he's going to do. But, like, the only thing you'd say about Ronaldo, right, and I'm very much pro getting him out of the club. Yeah. Like, he does give you a goal in the Europa League games, in the Leicester, I, I, the Premier I League, and that's why they're probably like, well, we'll keep him just in case. I think, yeah. I think anybody who's been saying that up to this point has now said, Grant, that's it, that's enough. But I, I, I mean, we'll reach were, that point now. Were you excited when the, the club resigned? Yeah, were 100%. You, last summer? Yeah, but it, it, half the excitement was, was kind of because he was heading to Manchester City, and you're like, right, that, that was stopped, nipped in the bud because Ferguson got involved. Um, I think any United fans in terms of Ronaldo's previous legacy at the club would have been tarnished if he played for City mm. understandably Is that really true? Well f- it seemed it seemed to have legs um, I, I would have I would have believed the evidence it was Jesus the, the biggest luck like ever anti- for City is they got well, maybe a Haaland 12 months later chess, like, He's but, an anti or Ronaldo playing chess or Ronaldo, Ronaldo, Ronaldo probably, you're yeah. going to say an anti-City he's an anti-modern footballer like yeah. there's no place for Ronaldo really yeah. well, like, who, it was, who wants him? It was a bit like uh, Todd, Todd Billy wanted him for, at Chelsea yeah, too, did, didn't yeah. bring him in but no? you, So you were excited when uh, the club resigned them. It was, it's a bit. It was a bit like New Year's, wasn't it? It was a bit like the countdown, and then it, the the ten to one is the exciting part. That's when Ronaldo signed, yeah. and then the Happy New Year is the rest tw- of the tw- house, and, and then you have the come down and slow. It's the first of January now. Point. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, there's yeah, no, yeah. nowhere to go after that. And it, like, even though last season he was still their top scorer, 24 goals in all competitions, 18 in the Premier League, and that was great. But even through all of that, I thought this isn't right. Yeah. And that included a hat trick at home to Spurs and a three-two win. Some great moments, great goals. Ah, look, it's like it just doesn't feel. This doesn't feel right anymore. Yeah, his and the other thing to say is his statement last night on Instagram was pathetic. Like, he didn't apologise. He, he, not one word of apology, yeah. but also like, remember in pre-season the Rio Vallecano game in July, like. Ronaldo again left at half time walked out of the stadium apparently Ten Hag reprimanded him over that and said don't let this happen again mm. it's happened again and, and the thing about Ten Hag is and, and this is why United fans are all lumping rightly on, on Ten Hag's side is because first of all the team are playing well well they certainly did during the week but you don't mess with Ten Hag like there were stories from pre-season um, I remember there was, there was one club member and it's covered in the papers today where, where he had an issue a massive fallout with, with Ten Hag in the United training session and the next day it was like nothing had ever happened. That's mm. just what Ten Hag is like. Even in Perth in pre-season in front of loads of fans at an open training session, um, Ten Hag gave, gave a, one of the coaches the two fingers and basically said this isn't set up right. In front of everyone. And uh, he just doesn't care what people think. Mm. Whether you're a 
working at the canteen in Old Trafford or you're a Cristiano Ronaldo, mm. you're going to get reprimanded if you step out of line. And that's the thing about Tenag. That's why Ten Hag is going to win this battle. Well, yeah, and, and the club have to take a stance now anyway. That's the thing. Yeah. Ronaldo has forced them to take a stance. Either you choose this guy or you choose this guy. And like Roy Keane was talking about in Monday, Monday Night Football, was it last week, where he was saying that like Ronaldo is, you know, the club have treated him really badly. But I have to say, I think that that's all gone now. That's, He's, yeah. As he can't detach himself from the responsibility of walk, refusing to come on and walking off the pitch. Like, I think at some point or not. But he will. I mean, he has, a problem, he has a problem with Ten Hag's coaching staff. He's going to have his side to the story. It'll be really interesting to see, like, Ronaldo's biggest fans, like Roy Keane and many others, what they're going to say next time around because Keane might acknowledge, like, okay, he was wrong to do that. But there will 100% be a uh, but coming because that those type of players, 100%. like, these, like, mentality monsters, as Jurgen Klopp would call them, is like, they're so singular in their vision yeah. that they aren't like most people where there there's a lack of self-awareness which has actually helped to propel them to this insane level of achievement. <laughs> That's the thing. The lack of self-awareness. Like Ronaldo thinks probably in his head oh, I'll have loads of United fans on my side here but if you look at the papers like the Ronaldo effect all the stats when Ronaldo starts and when he doesn't. I mean the team runs 10 kilometres less per game when Ronaldo doesn't or um, does start and then goals per game they have fewer points they have goals against they press less possession one per game in the attacking third high turnovers every stat is worse off when Ronaldo starts yeah. so like he can't he can't win this mm-hmm. like, there's no way Ronaldo can, can win this battle and even though Anthony Martial is injury prone the fact that he was dropped him for, for Chelsea this weekend speaks, speaks volumes yeah. uh, 8 months left in his contract I can't I can't see how, how he's going to see it out. We kind of allowed the shaking of the head when he came off against Newcastle because mm-hmm. you're kind of thinking, right, well, Ten Hag's excuse was uh, he's a striker, he didn't score, he's going to be shaking his head. Mm. That's not why he was shaking no. his head. But, I mean, we'll allow that. But it was the, what, what happened against Tottenham is... is uh, if it was any other player, you'd be, you'd be calling for Well, even, even from a potential suitor's point of view, it's like, uh, you know, we knew we were getting this player, like Colm was saying, not really, you know, in step with modern football. But... So we can swallow that because he's like one of the greatest players of all time. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, well, that's his attitude. So suddenly he's doing his own but brand of disservice. He started talking in the, in the, st- in the statement in, on Instagram last night about how, you know, he wants to be a leader and he came back into the club to be a leader to the younger players in the, in the squad. Well, like, what sort of example is that? Is that to, to Anthony Alanga, for example, didn't look too pleased coming up uh, at the end of the game the other night for whatever reason. I don't know what, what the situation was there. Mm. Uh, with those players hugging him and Bruno Fernandes talking to him. Um, it's almost like they're they're kind of learning to to be petulant because mm-hmm. Ronaldo was there. I'd say Rashford's mm-hmm. not happy as well because Rashford's he's playing better than Ronaldo at the minute. That's a fact. That he's in the team mm-hmm. um, on merit. But I just I just I don't I don't know what he's he, he's probably thinking about the World Cup Ronaldo. Um, he doesn't want to be training with the kids or playing. He won't be playing under, under twenty three games. It won't get to that level. But he needs games before the Port, the Portugal World Cup campaign. He's not going to really get them now. He, your Europa League games is his only real shout. I put you on the spot. Where's Cristiano Ronaldo playing his football second half of this season? Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Do you, you think not, so? Do you think he'll do that? I don't see that. Why would that in any way interest him? Besides, I understand racking up the goals and being the greatest Because he himself, on some yeah. level, must be aware that I'm not the player I was. I think he'll get Champions League football, but with a lower Champions League club, which club would be Bruga. fine by him. Yeah, mm. it'd be fine by him as long as he's. He'd be playing in the United Reserves. That's my uh, that's my prediction for the second. Would you imagine would him Newcastle? in the reserves? Would you love a camera on that? The last <laughs> um, talk about last night. I fully agree with them. Fergus Kjell wondered if Ronaldo would agree to walk away without paying for the rest of his contract. It's not like he needs the money. I mean, I, that, that's, that, that's going to happen. And Frank wondering, we we'll leave it on this note for the minute. Morning, lads. Colm, uh, do you have a suitcase beside you? Quick dash to a four-hour queue in Dublin Airport. <laughs> oh, I'm going to Amsterdam next week. 
Yeah, I'd bring that <laughs> shirt point, actually. Yeah, well, that would, while you're there, leave it, it there. It might do, yeah. My yeah. first time this in Amsterdam. This is a psychedelic looking, looking shirt. It'll do well over but the so I would say yours is psychedelic. Mine's more good time. It good is um, yeah. 7.58. Is it? It's Friday morning. You want, you want to be a.m. Um, we'll save the audience from your shirt column for now. Shane, I mean, whenever you Adrian, can you describe the shirts to the podcast? Listen. Yours is a picture of 40 oranges. Yeah. And a little green leaf 42. poking out of it. And it's it's an eyesore. And Shane's is something, I, my, I think my, I'm pretty sure my mother has a version of that at home. Curtains? It's Granny's curtains. Like, like the curtains at home, yeah. I mean, I don't know how to take it off. It's like uh, my plan faded, was to take it off. Faded no, roses. I, I like it's like a zebra pattern yeah. with a load of faded roses in the front of it. Shane, he's trying to be insulting, but I actually think he doesn't yeah, like yeah, yeah. both. I am, my suspicion I am of it. To he secretly likes them. That's what I mean. I just, yeah. He has to feel this persona that he has to criticise. Yeah, yeah. OTB AM with Gillette in association with Movember. Effortless shave, magnificent mode.